to the Casual Tryhard Podcast, episode number seven. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yeah, it was a big weekend of magic. It was a big weekend. There's coverage. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, find us on uh, Twitter at Casual Tripod. Uh, on Facebook at Casual Tryhard Podcast. And you can email us at casualtryhardmtg at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, the Twitter is uh, is is a thing now. We've we, we just sent out our first uh, kind of like visual breakdown of the meta game last week. Uh, in Diamond had a hundred and forty four games. Yeah. In Diamond, to actually, it was a sweet little pie chart somebody made. It was a sweet little pie chart. <laughs> Getting yelled out about the colors, but we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um, but if you guys like use the sheet that I linked out there. Uh, I can like get more data in there and have a more representative sample size. Yeah, the more data, the better. Yeah, we can like because those hundred forty four games were me in diamond. <laughs> uh, so, um, if if we can get more, we can actually get a, a better picture of what the I think the data is reasonable. I don't yeah. think it's like off the wall, but. We can kind of smooth out some of the rough edges. Yeah, it'd also be nice to get some data from uh, like some of the other tiers because you yeah. were in diamond. I've been kind of stuck in gold purgatory playing best of three forever. Playing like a real deck, that's your problem. Don't yeah, that's play my a real problem. Deck. <laughs> Switch to best of one and don't play a real deck. You get there every time. All right, so this week's metagame hot takes is going to focus all on the the mythic championship yep. or the artist formerly known as the pro tour. Yeah. Did you catch like over the weekend? There were people uh, like calling it both things. They actually had a swear jar on stage for everybody that said Pro Tour when they meant. I heard, I heard it was. I heard it was a dollar. Yeah. Uh, but that was for coverage. Like yeah. when they when they were interviewing people and like, oh, I'm doing well at this Pro Tour, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, good job on branding. That's gonna take a while for yeah. you to. It's been uh, the Pro Tour forever. For you to fix that one, so. There's a few things before we talk about this that you need to know about a Mythic Championship or a Pro Tour, right, that uh, are make it different than just like some random Star City event or some yeah. random GP. So yep. what's that stuff? Um, so at a Pro Tour, even though there are um, correlations we can make to the actual metagame, Mythic Championship, sorry, um, they tend to have an inbred metagame where the top teams will kind of figure out what they think the best deck is and then build a deck to beat it. So you're not actually getting true representations of what the metagame is. You're getting slightly skewed variations. Like the uh, the deck list will be tuned to beat a specific deck, not to do good in a wide open meta that you would expect to see at a Grand Prix or something. One of the first things they do is they try to figure out what the metagame breakdown's going to be before right. they start. They're like, what percentage of this is going to be Salty? What percentage is Mono Blue? Yep. And they're like, okay, I have to make sure that my deck is good against these these decks I expect to see. Yep. Or like, my deck is great if Mono Blue is 40% of the metagame, which would be crazy. Yeah. But if it is, I run I run everyone over. Yep. And so they sometimes they have to take like a hard bet on like I think this is the meta game. Yep. And so you get weird decks sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't necessarily the case this time. A lot of the uh, the general overarching uh, like conclusions that we can draw are pretty much what we expected going into this Pro Tour. But there were some spicy lists, too. Yeah. And like we said last time, this is probably the most played standard format before uh, a Mythic Championship slash Pro Tour. Yeah. Right, just because people are just playing tons and tons and tons of arena. It's also a little bit later in the season, and standard's good for a change. Like, we've we've come off the back of a couple not-so-great standard formats. Yeah, where people didn't really want to play, and it was like, okay, red-black's the best, cool, yeah. it's going to keep jamming that. Yeah. Okay. And then another thing is... So when they report out the decks, they report out, so you have how the players did, mm -hmm. and then they report out separately how their decks did. Right. This is a little bit different than a normal format because at the Mythic Championship, um, it's a split event. So the players will have a limited record and a constructed record. When you're looking at player standings, you're looking at the combination of both. Um, if you're just looking to draw constructed data out of this, you need to look at the deck records, not necessarily the player record. So, like, I think the, a good example of this is, like, LSV played, is it, Fe uh, is it Phoenix? Mm -hmm. So not Drake, so you went back to the, the Phoenix version. Yep. And so, one, that was kind of a metagame deck yep. against Blue, because they can't beat birds that come back that aren't cast right. over and over and over again. Right. And two, that deck, seven out of seven went from day one into day two. Yep. But the only Is It Phoenix deck that I found that was seven and three or better was LSV. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. So maybe a lot of those, maybe a lot of these Is It Phoenix decks that moved on to day two, maybe they went like two, three and constructed, but three oh in draft. Right. And were able to uh, make it that way. Because it's like four and four. Mm -hmm. makes, makes day two, two. Yep. so like if you go 3-0 and then you go 1-4 yeah. you still get to make day two but you just maybe you then just had a really bad like standard deck choice but yeah. you had figured out limited or if you did really bad and limited vice versa yeah there's a there's some really sweet lists it wasn't necessarily the case this time looking at some of the data um, but in the past there's been some undefeated lists like undefeated lists yeah. that you never heard about because they went completely defeated and limited. Yeah. They ended up 10-6, but they just beat everyone that sat it out yeah. across from them. Yeah. Um, in, in the constructed portion. So, yeah, one thing I don't like about these Mythic Championships being later in the format is just, like, it used to be that you would get to see, like, what the best thing was, slash you get to see, see if it can be broken. Yeah. And now... Like, oh, that work's already done. Yeah, like the anticipation, like, oh, I'm going to see something really cool. It's like, yeah. no, if there was something really cool, like, what's that guy's name? VTCLA yeah. on on uh, Magic Online is going to find it and, like, post it. Yeah. Or someone's going to stream it. Yeah. Or, you know, the deck list aggregator thing, Arena Deck List is going to, like, tweet it out because someone's yeah. going to be like, oh, my God, I broke it. <laughs> right? You're well, gonna... I think I mentioned something about this in our group chat, like, as the Pro Tour was happening, too, where... It used to be really exciting to watch the, the Pro Tour because you got to see a lot of these new innovations. You got to see, um, we talked a little about in deck building, the engines. We got to see, you know, those engines come and be built and what kind of shells they can go in. Um, you got to see some brand new deck lists come out, some sweet sideboard tech, and a lot of that work was already done kind of going into this weekend. Yeah, and with the format more figured out, right, 
sometimes some of the cool neat stuff just has been pushed out already because he's like oh no this is the brutally efficient every card is a two for one or every card gets me value deck that you're just like oh i guess i guess i just get to watch saltai verse (laughs) saltai verse saltai which is fine so now with our caveat on you know kind of the limitations of uh kind of conversion rates and like what makes it to day two um uh i wanted to, we wanted to kind of go over what the day two metagame was a little bit mm-hmm. and it was you know it was kind of what you would expect so mm-hmm. saltai was king of the hill yep there were 68 in day two and 63 percent of the people that registered saltai made it, made to, it day to day two, two. um which makes sense. Saltai is like a pros deck. Yeah. You get to make a lot of decisions. Yep. You get to actually play because your explore guys find you lands and get yeah. rid of cards you don't need. And you get to leverage play skill. Yep. So that's the kind of deck that you always expect to be the most represented at a pro tour. Yep. So what, what was up next? Uh, this was the Nexus of Fate category. Um, I think most of them were the Simic that we yep. talked a little bit about last, last week that I had mentioned that I, I actually don't hate that list. Um, if I had two more Nexuses, I might think about sleeving it up. Uh, but there were 51 with a 71% conversion rate. So it's a pretty high conversion rate. It is. People that registered versus made day two. The Mono White, uh, which was a deck that was played a lot because it is kind of the mono blue stopper. Yeah. Uh, 42 of those in the day two mm-hmm. with 67% conversion rate. So again, two thirds of the people yep. played mono white, made it through. Yep. And then right behind them is mono blue with uh, 36 decks making it to day two at a 60% conversion rate. Now mono blue is um, really well positioned yeah. against Saltai and Nexus of Fate. Yep. So, it's not super surprising that um, there were three copies in the top eight. Yeah. If your winner's metagame is two decks that, like... Blue beats up on. Blue beats up on. Yeah. And, like, that seems pretty good for blue. Yep. So, blue was a solid choice. Yep. Uh, and then last is Esper Control. Yep. Uh with our 29 decks that made day two, and that was 64% of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, another deck that I don't think that has a great matchup against Mono Blue, I think it depends on who you talk to. Like, anything that's tapping out to resolve a four-mana spell just seems like a bad time. Well, it's kind of weird when you look at like who's playing these decks too, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times at the Mythic Championship, the uh, event formerly known as the Pro Tour... Um, it seems to be a lot of the Japanese players love Esper Control, right? Yeah. And if you look at um, the top eight, our Esper Control player was, a Japanese, was guy. Japanese guy. Which we don't remember anyone's name. I know Reed Duke was on Mono Blue, yep. which they had, his team had decided it was the best thing to be doing because he could have played Overgrown to him yeah. and chose not to. <laughs> Yeah. So it had to be like that was surprising, really good. Like yeah. Overgrown Tomb had to be real bad for Reed Duke to go like I'm off it. Yeah, island, I went, island. Would you would you like another color to go with your island? No, no just island. He had um, some sweet islands though. Did you see them? Yeah, they were Ice Age. Ice Age, yeah. No, they didn't all match because he had a bunch of signed of one art, yeah, and then a few that were unsigned of the other. 
I don't. He probably doesn't own. Yeah, who sleeps up twenty islands? He doesn't own twenty matching signed <laughs> islands. Like, come on, be real. Uh, but I mean, unlike the other trash humans that were playing Mono Blue with just uh, the like draft the the draft box islands through time. Yeah, that were just every island you could white bordered garbage yeah. like mirage. I think like, they were unhinged. all different. Like, I don't think I saw the same art repeated. No, like Birdchat and yeah. uh, French guy who was on Team Baguette. I'm sorry, French guy who's on Team. If you're listening, thank you. Uh, but I don't know your think name. You're listening. <laughs> we haven't made. We haven't penetrated into France yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, they were like. I don't know if they were on the. Uh, this is another another shout out for Anthony Mararano here. Yeah. This is the Anthony special of like I want all my lands to mismatch for maximum tilt because like against Bowman that's at least two win percentage right like the third mismatch basic like bowman can no longer like cast spells he just <laughs> well, short that's circuits why, that's why cameron plays the, the smiley forest right yeah, just the one smiley <laughs> forest uh yeah cameron has one forest it's a full art unhinged uh, un- yeah. that on the on the uh the perfect fit he has a smiley face drawn in sharpie yeah. and all his forest match <laughs> except for the one smiley face forest that like randomly gets will sometimes find its way into Bowman's deck without <laughs> Bowman knowing. Uh right. So so that's who made day two. Yep. And then if we look at the the winner's metagame, mm-hmm. uh so I, I kind of define that as people that want seven, three or better. Yeah, that's a seventy percent win rate. That's uh usually good enough to get you wherever you need to go in whatever event you're in. Seven three is great at a big event. Yeah. So Again, Saltai had the most, which isn't surprising when it had the most decks in day mm-hmm. in day two. It had seventeen people go seven and three. Yep. And then uh, Esper Control had twelve people go seven and three, which is kind of surprising because that's uh, yeah, that's almost half the people that made day two. Yeah. Like went seven and three. Yeah. Uh, and then Mono Blue had eleven people, so about a third of those people. Mm-hmm. But again, they're good against Saltai and. Pretty decent, yeah. Against Esper, yep. again, I think depending on Esper's build and kind right. of their draw. And then uh, we had Mono White with nine lists that were seven three or better. And then Nexus, uh, uh, Civic Nexus was eight decks. And then I just I just threw Mono Red up there. Just this is a call out. There were two people that went seven three with Mono Red slash Gruel, where they play like the green cards in the sideboard. Yeah. Usually just Cinder Vines, right? Cinder, uh, oh, and Krulha Col- Pruner? Collision Colossus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that eats a Lyra and eats a Tempest Gin. Yeah. And also gives you plus four, plus two if you need it to. <laughs> also, also gets the job done. So, the it was kind of what we expected. Yeah. Um, I think in the semifinals, when it was, or the quarterfinals, when it was Mono Blue, Mono Blue, Esper, and Phoenix, I think I put in the chat that we're like, 60 percent for mono blue to just win this tournament because yeah. phoenix can never beat esper control yeah uh, i uh i hadn't listened to i know the game podcast did uh like pick for what's gonna win and i hadn't yeah. listened to it yet but i kind of had a feeling mono blue was gonna take it yeah well they were talking about mono blue might not have been the deck because yeah. people they still thought it was good but they thought people were like gonna skew their deck hard yeah. to beat it and in some of these deck lists that we were looking through, there are a lot of crawl harpooners floating around. Yeah, there are. Like, 
in the main board, four in, four in the sideboard. Yeah. Like, there are some people that were like, no. <laughs> I am going to block your flyer. Um, so, yeah, but it was, it was again, like, well, Esper is going to beat Phoenix because mm-hmm. it plays four, th- eight threats, and yeah. they play way more removal spells than that. Yeah. And then uh, Mono Blue, like, I, again, like, I'm going to play a Veracious Contempt. Cool. I'm going to pay one mana and eat it. Yeah. Spell um, Pierce. Dive down. Dive down, whatever. Sadness. You yeah. take four. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> uh, all right. So we dug through uh, some of the um, the seven threes and just tried to find some like kind of sweet, interesting decks that you may want to play or may just be interested to know exist. Yeah. So there were two like interesting blue black decks. Mm-hmm. I they were both had a little bit different takes. Yeah, there was this blue black deck that kind of played this interesting mix of like Lazav with some like weird one ofs, I guess, to maybe like mill or copy or that are just like great when you stick them. Yeah, I, I really don't know what this list is trying to do, but yeah. I mean he did well with it, so. Yeah. He had like one Night Veil Predator because yep. apparently you don't want two hexproof Death Touch yeah. flyers. Flyers. Uh, four Thief of Sanities. A mesmerizing Bethnid. Yeah, which I don't know. Draft All Star, but yeah, I didn't think we'd be like seeing him. He makes two O twos like value. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then Chupacabra as in Hasha Taker, so like some good cards, and yeah. then four Kite Self Rebooters, which I think is a decent card. Yeah, I like Kite Self Rebooter right now. Dress on a stick, it's main boardable in a lot of decks. And... Yeah, like it helps you against control, and like yeah. I think it clears the way for your thief. Yeah. You're like, hey, take your removal spell, stick my thief, yeah. and now. It's also pretty decent against Mono Blue. Yeah, like it's take a flyer your that obsession. Can, yeah, it can block something and either take their, their protection spell or take their curious obsession or. And then, like, there were there were some some numbers in this list that apparently were arrived at only after careful testing. Yeah, uh, we decided that one to rest and four thought erasures. That's the correct number. For, we needed one dive down. <laughs> yep. And one spell pierce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well split them, right? Yeah, I gotta split them. Yeah. One discovery dispersal, because sure. Right. You just want one cantrip in this. You list. just want one cantrip in the list. Yeah. Um, and then the one we can't figure out when you would ever want to play it is one dead weight yeah i'm not sure uh we'd seen a couple of the other lists had been running um fungal infection yeah some a, of the esper lists and yeah is a cheap uh cheap removal spell that can take care of some of the sticky threats out of mono white and like can lead to two for one scenarios um i don't i can't think of anything off the top of my head like with indestructible you need to give neg two to that a uh, dead weight would kill that fungal infection wouldn't yeah, like, I think almost all the creatures that, like, you really care about have, like, one toughness. Yeah. Right? Like, everything in mono white, some of the stuff in mono red. Yeah. All the, all the blue flyer guys. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. know. I don't know why you were, like, dead weight. I guess, I guess if they put a Curie Obsession on their guy, you get to dead weight it, but it still sure. feels bad. I'd rather just have it dead before the Obsession went on it, but. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Again, this dude was at the Mythic Championship, and I was, like, watching it, so... Yeah. I also hadn't noticed the mana base Field of Ruin. Wonder, I, I guess if they, like, flip a search for us, Conte, you're just boned. I guess. But you also have a blue, blue, black, black card in your deck. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it seems it seems solid. He had the the sweet. Uh, I'm assuming James Carson approved uh, one of more on more to go. No man, James <laughs> Carson not approved. <laughs> so he, he he had that one. So it was it was an, an one murder. One murder. Like yeah. did we not have a better option? Like I guess we're playing four cast downs, but really one murder. <laughs> All right, cool dude. All right. And there was another blue black desk that kind of played bigger, stompier stuff that Seth Manfield played because played because Carson's nice and it gives everyone's name yeah. on his list. Um, I, well, I, I like this list. I figured I'd give the shout out to the deck designer. Um, if I was going to build a Demir list, this would be closer to what it is. It uh, doesn't have any of the crazy one ofs. It's like four hostage taker, four thief, four throat erasure, three duress. Uh, this one is playing the fungal infection. Um, it's also playing Vraska's Contempt, Cast Down, and Moment of Craving. Um, just goes a little bit bigger than the list we were just yeah. talking about. This is this other list is almost like a tempo list, but then it's playing like big dumb five drops. It makes yeah, no sense. I, I don't get it. Man. I don't get it. This guy's clearly smarter than me. Yeah. So whatever. Yep. Then people were talking about this one on coverage, and I had to like. I thought it did better than it did. It was a 7-3 deck, but yeah. this one is a, a, a sweet uh, Mardu Vampires deck. Mm-hmm. So there were two Judith decks that went 7-3. Yep. Uh, the other one was more kind of like a stock Judith deck that we've seen before with like... Uh, well, it was a Mardu Judith list. Yeah. So it was running um, like Tajik to um, like be a little bit more aggro. Um, was running vanguards and hero precinct ones with a whole bunch of gold cards and to go heroic reinforcements. Yeah, I was running heroic right. reinforcements. So that's kind of like maybe some of the two drops were different from other versions, but that was kind of like the like the stock Judith list yeah. was like heroic reinforcements and stuff. Yeah. This player went with uh, Mardu vampires. Yeah, that's a that's a strange one. So he's got four Judith and four Legion's lieutenant yep. as like Lord Anthem effects. Mm-hmm. And four venerated loxodons, so As like like your quasi lords nine through twelve. Yeah, and then Dustborn Sky Marcher, which if you haven't played Exelon Draft, uh, was a one one flyer yeah. for one yeah. that you can pay a white and tap it and give target attacking vampire plus one plus one. Who synergies? Uh, Sky Marcher Aspirant, which is the two one with City's Blessing that flies. I think it's City's Blessing. Yep. Vicious Conquistador. Yeah, I was playing this card for a minute in my Rakdos list. It's yeah. uh, one drop, one two, and when it swings, it uh, hits him for one automatically. Yeah. Desk Legion Zealot. Uh, Elvish one, Visionary. Yeah, one in a green. No, sorry, one in a black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one in a black for a one one that draws you a card and deals one damage to you. Yep. Maverin Fane. Yeah, this card was sweet when Exelon came out. Yeah. It's a three drop two two. Yep. And whenever a non token vampire you control attacks, um, you get a dude. Yeah, you make a one one vampire. Yep. And then it was like, you know, I could use some removal, so again, one cast down. Yeah, just one. I want a way to protect my guys from a wrath and maybe make them bigger, so yep. one unbreakable formation. Sure. Four Legion's Landings for more vampires. Yeah. Legion's Landing's great. Yeah, and then three Conclave Tribunals. And it gives you a way to like Yes. Sneak in an extra mana in your deck. Yep. Uh, but this just looked like a neat, mm-hmm. a neat list. And it's not something that I think anyone had like seen before. Yeah. It's pretty budget too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Legion's Landing is kind of expensive right now. They're right? like four or five bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. But like everything else is pretty, uh, 
pretty cheap. Yep. You know, it would be something reasonable to try. Yep. Uh, has three Lyras in the board, but hey, yeah. like, can't. Those are only like five or six dollars. Yeah, she came down a lot. Yeah. Apparently, when everyone plays Vivian Reed, you can't play a five drop that just gets killed by the yeah. Planeswalker. It's a problem. Yep. Uh, you end up with nothing, and they end yeah. up with a Vivian Reed. Yes. You end up with sadness. Yep. Uh, so then this one, this one is from uh, Raph Levy, the person who's played in the most Pro Tours, I think. Yeah. He decided fish was where it was at for this Pro Tour. He decided fish was what I wanted to do. Yep. And he did it in a big way. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's pretty much a stock uh, Merfolk list. It's got Silvergill Adept, Kumena, uh, Merfolk Mistbinder, The Lord, um, Bethnic Biomancer, the new one drop, mm-hmm. uh, Deep Root Elite, um, and a couple Merfolk Tricksters. Yeah. Um, and then it runs Incubation Incongruity as a removal spell and a way to find your lords. And four Deep Root Waters. Yes, which people like had talked about i know that someone had tweeted out like are there four deep waters because i need them for my deck <laughs> uh and then they, then they were like no i don't need them for my deck yeah someone i know needs them yeah because i'm not playing that card and that's the <coughs> is it a three minute enchantment or four, uh, four. four that whenever you play a merfolk whenever you cast a merfolk whenever you spell, cast merfolk yeah. you get a one one hex proof yeah yep so this i kind of feel like is just like mono white mm-hmm. like it goes wide and your things get big yeah and you have a little bit of interaction but you're basically just trying to lean on the fact that you're gonna make make a bunch of like one mana four fours yeah and then try to win the game that way yep. um the mana is pretty good in the list too though because it, it gets to run all eight of the green blue duels plus it gets to run four unclean territories yeah so it, it basically has 12 dual lands in it yeah so yeah, I mean, I think it it's well put together, and then he decided he did not want to lose to Mono Blue. Yep. Ended by up putting with four Crawl Harpooners in the sideboard. Uh, I checked the creature type. It yeah. doesn't say Merfolk. No, definitely not a Merfolk. He, he, he's an, he's an insect warrior. <laughs> yeah. Who uh, has no synergy other than can block things my Merfolk can't. Yeah. That is his text. But yeah, and then. Uh, had like Tempest Collar in the board, just like tap you out, kill you. Like, sure. I guess like in when you're playing mono white, right? Like they go as wide as you do, and you're yeah. just like, oh, you can't block this turn, die. Yep. And they're like, oh, I guess I die. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So those were kind of the. I don't know if you had another neat deck or two, but these are the ones that I kind of caught my eyes. Like I've not seen this, and like again, Raffle these played in more pro tours than I've heard about yeah and he was like i want to play merfolk that's what he picked yeah so. i've got a couple neat lists here um a couple that i picked i'm gonna start with the uh, the biggie because uh i, I don't know I, I like this deck but um i've got three different sultai lists that were kind of different than what everybody else is doing um i know i mentioned a couple episodes ago i believe it was the uh, rptq episode we did my recap um, that I kind of wanted to go a different direction with Sultai and kind of lose the Explorer package. Um, in these three lists, uh, Pitor Glagowski, uh, Luis Samuel Del Tour, and Patrick Chapin, who also has been to more Pro Tours than I can count, um, all came up with a list that w- did exactly that. 
Um, they ran main deck Thief of Sanity, main deck Hostage Taker, main deck Incubation Druid. Um, a couple of them were running Frilled Mystic, which I don't know if I can get behind. I don't, I don't think the man is that good. Um, but they went a little bit heavier on the removal package and kind of filled in, filled in some of the Explorer creatures with uh, some different slots. Yeah, so um, I think that like Thief of Sanity is there because it's like really good in the mirror. Yeah, and it gives you a way to get car- a way to get card advantage and just yeah. get ahead. Well, I mean, it's also great. Like, it's gonna connect when you're running that much removal. Yeah. I mean, you're running nine removal spells in your deck. The chances of it getting through are pretty good. Yeah. And, like, with Mono Red not being as big a thing, and Mono White, you know, if they kind of thought Mono White wasn't going to be around as much, like, the Explore package is really there for, like, to hold down the aggressive decks. And if you were like, well, Mono White won't be everywhere, I can just, I can get away from these, these Explore creatures, which may or may not be good yep um like i said it this is a a list that i i would like to mess around with um i really haven't had too much of a chance lately to uh to work on the sultai list but that's kind of the direction that i would like the list to go in the future um i also had one more list i wanted to talk about it was a a rakdos list that's a little bit different than what we've seen um this one kind of splits the difference in between what i've been doing with rakdos the low to the ground aggro version and what Jody Keith had uh, won the GP last weekend with. Um, this one kind of splits the difference. It runs um, some of the like aggro stuff along with some of the top end. Um, it's running Angrath on the top end with Siege Gang Commander and Rekindling Phoenix. But it's also running uh, Rick's Mighty Reveler, Freebooter, Midnight Reaper to kind of play the mid-range game a little bit. Um, thought it was worth mentioning it was yeah. a, a different take on a list that i hadn't hadn't really seen too much yet yeah like jody keith's deck we were talking about was more is more a mono white i'm sorry a mono red deck yeah. that has some black cards in it yeah where this is more of a a more of a traditional like red black mm-hmm. list i don't remember if it was jody that said this but somebody was doing um like a little deck tech on that list and had I believe the person doing the interview was asking about Rick's Mighty Reveler and, you know, how often do you use it for just one card versus how Mm -hmm. often are you pitching your hand and, you know, spectacling it out. And uh, they said they're basically never spectacling it out. They're always using it to replace a card in their hand. Yeah, I think I saw this was someone doing a deck tech at the Mythic Championship. Yeah, it might have been, yeah. They're saying it lets you get rid of the the dead cards. Like, you know, you're playing against... Some your opponent goes hollowed fountain. You're like, okay, I don't need this cast down right now. Yeah, or this lava coil. This needs to go away. Yeah, and Rick's Mighty Reveler lets you kind of like fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this list that's a little bit more mid range mm-hmm. um, is going to lean on Rick's Mighty Reveler a little bit to refuel also. Yeah. Whereas that other list really doesn't. Yeah, because late in the game you can. Yeah. Like you can get in a point of damage somehow, yeah. and then you just like here are three new cards and. Yeah. It feels real good. Yeah. So those are some neat things to go look at. So we comb through some of them, but like, you know, like scrolling through the, they have them like the 30 to 28 point mm-hmm. or 30 to 27 point is one uh, site. I can throw it in the, in the description and then uh, like 21 to 26 is another another site and you can just kind of scroll through 
and and look for interesting decks. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see a lot of a lot of mono blue and a lot of Sultai. Yeah. But um There's some hidden gems in there though. Yeah, there's some neat stuff. Like I said, like if you go into like either one and you type Merfolk, uh there's gonna be like one deck. Yeah. Uh, that that is titled Murpho. <laughs> uh, so or or just put in Tempest Caller, and there's only one deck that's gonna have a Tempest Caller. Yeah. So you know another thing that I noticed while I was going through these lists. Are you listening, Wizards? Um, on Wizards website where they have all these lists posted, mm-hmm. you can't download them in arena format. Oh, you can't. No. <laughs> they just download like the. It's like the... just text. It's just a text file. Yeah. So in case you don't know. For some reason, uh, arena deck lists have this like nonsensical like code after every card. Well, it's because they want to know that that code is what set it's from. Yeah, but it's what set it's from, but it's still like every other. I think only Goldfish right now has like yeah. updated their system to allow like arena deck lists. I just thought it was funny on Wizards website yeah. that they don't do this. I mean, they barely cover their own tournaments, yeah. so so come on now, we can't... <laughs> like, they've been using the same, like, format for, like, yeah. eight years, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna really, like, you know, update but, things. I mean, Arena's their golden child, man. Oh, it is, it is. <laughs> we are, we are, we are sacrificing things to that child yeah. uh, as we speak yeah. at all times. Yeah. Much of my weekend was sacrificed to Arena. <laughs> we'll get to that later on. The wife a few times was like, You're gonna go back upstairs? I'm like, uh uh-huh. oh <laughs> like this is this is not good. Yeah, I may have got that once or twice this weekend also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna Gotta go? work on the podcast, babe? Really? Yeah. Okay. So there's uh we're not always gonna run and cover like whatever the new like hot magic twitter feud sure drama whatever you want to call it we're grown-ass men yeah i ain't got time for that (laughs) yeah we ain't got time we ain't time for that we we might we could like we have someone who follows that quite closely we could could have have like a special report from them from time to time anthony there's your segment uh uh, drama with anthony yeah there we go uh but there is a proposed big change to how we actually play the game yeah it's probably worth talking about uh so it's nothing's gonna affect us now they're gonna test it in london and it's a new way to mulligan yep uh i think pokemon mulligans this way which do they i think i don't know i've never played that game but i've heard people talk about about how they mulligan it sounds similar so right now I think we all know our Vancouver Mulligan, and that's been around for only two, three years. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been around very long. And, right? So, okay. So, let's brief Mulligan history. Sure. Back when we were playing in the hallway in high school in the mid to late 90s. This is going to be interesting. I'm right? interested to see what your answer to right. this is. The way that I do remember we played, or the way that it was supposed to be, is you drew your hand and. If you had no lands or all lands, you could show your opponent your hand and you got to mulligan. And I think you went to six, right? No, you go back to seven, but you could do it once. You could do it once. Yeah. And then whatever garbage hand you got. Yeah. Now, granted, this was when many of us were like on 40 spells, 20 lands, regardless of like oh, curve, I was consider- not. <laughs> curve considerations. I was on a, uh, a mono green deck. 
that ran 12 lands. Whew. That was 12 lands, four Elvish Spirit Guides, eight dorks, and big stompy stuff. And that's what I did, as I always mulliganed until I had Spirit Guide, Dork, Dork, Land, Big Fatty, and Big Fatty right away. <laughs> they were simpler times. Yeah. Right? And then we kind of got to... I, I went away for a while. Yeah, so but when I. I came back, we were on the... You draw your hand, you can send it back, and you just get one card less each time you send it back. Yep. So you don't have to you don't have to show your opponent like I'm playing this. Right. Uh and so that's how it was for like my first two or three years back. Yeah, I think fifteen is when the Vancouver Mulligan went into effect. Really? Is that not long ago? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um and then we have the Vancouver Mulligan, which is same as before you can send back any hand. You lose a card each time, but then you got to scry. You got to look at the top card of your library and decide yep. if you wanted to keep it or put it on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that probably increased mulligans to six yeah. because you were like, well, if this seven is not great, I can probably get a better six, and I'm going to know, I'm going to have kind of control over the next card I draw. Yeah. Right? You're still looking at seven cards. You're still looking at seven cards. And then you also, you're not in a situation where, um, gosh, my brain turned off. Uh, and then it also stops mulligans to uh, five, or yeah. s- it makes them less because you're like, well, this six is okay. But you get to scry. But I get so. to scry, so, you know, if I need a land, yeah. if I need my third land, Hopefully, hopefully you're not hoping for your yeah. second land. I need my third land. I can put any non-land on the bottom, yeah. and I'm like one card closer to a land. Yep. Right? So that's what we've been doing for the last few years. Now, when this mulligan rule came out, uh, the sky was falling, combo decks were going to rule all things. Yeah. Right? It, it, it is interesting that they're going to test this. In modern. In modern. So, what so is, that's so good. What is the what is the new mulligan or what is this London proposed London mulligan? So the London mulligan, when you decide you don't want your seven, when you're drawing your second hand, you draw seven cards. And then if you don't like those, you draw seven cards. And if you don't like those, you draw seven cards. Okay, so what's the drawback? You've uh, just drawn seven cards a bunch. <laughs> So for each time you drew draw a new seven, you have to put one card on the bottom. So and you get to pick. You get to pick. So, right. So now, when you go to six, you instead of deci- like instead of having to decide, okay, I'm going to keep this six. Now I'm going to look at what will be the next card. Yeah. Right now you've effectively drawn that card. Yeah. And then decided, like, okay, with this information, now I'm going to decide to keep or not. And yeah. then I can put whatever awful card right. or card I don't want on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, basically, you get more looks at your at your cards. Yep. And you have a little more agency. You get to make more decisions. Right. Uh, so... Um, I think there's some reasons that they're they're doing this. I think, like I said, the first the first one is you you get to you have an additional point in the game where you're making an informed decision. Well, I mean, the reason that they're changing the mulligan rule at all ever is to reduce the number of non games. Yeah, right. So you get rid of that, but then you also 
you like you're like oh i've seen all my possible cards yeah. now i'm making a decision do i keep and which one do i send back right as opposed to i'm keeping my six and i'm really hoping that this top card is yeah. a land where now if that now this card's in your hand right you're like oh it is a land now i'm going to put my six drop on the bottom yeah because i need to like curb out and I, right. I i can draw another big dumb six drop mm-hmm. right so there's that so you have like more decisions and like you said like they don't want um a bunch of non-games right now the most high profile non-game of recent memory may have been game five of the last pro tour yeah where apparently people have said that they are making this decision partly because Luis Scott Vargas was in the finals in game five. He mulliganed to four. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, like, well, we don't want to dump all this money into coverage yeah. and pump everything up and then have our biggest event ended with... Disappointment. This, with, with basically... An unwinner, like a game that is at the end of Mulligan's seventy thirty, right, in favor of the player who didn't Mulligan into Oblivion. Yeah, and this new Mulligan will greatly help Mulligan's past six. So when yeah. you're Mulliganing two six, the benefit is there, but it's not as pronounced as it is yeah. to a mull to five or four. Yeah, like going to five and getting to see seven cards. Yeah, is is a big deal. Yeah. And another reason, again, talking about uh, our our Lord and Savior Arena, right? <laughs> yeah. Is right. Mulligans are super punishing in best of one. Yeah. Right. I have had numerous opponents mulligan to five and then immediately hit the gear and then concede. Yeah. Because they're like, I can't win this game. Yeah. Because I'm on five now. Yeah. I've also seen people like mulligan like all the way to like two, and I'm like, did you decide to concede on like five? <laughs> if you're just, just going through the see? motions, I'm just gonna go to no cards. Um, so I think that part of it might be to make more games of arena actually happen. Probably, right? I mean, that is probably going to really change how you build aggro decks. Yeah, because like right now, like I. I have I have integrity and my aggro deck plays nineteen lands, <laughs> but a lot of the like low to the ground ad- aggressive decks on arena play seventeen. Yeah, because they're like leaning on the the hand smoothing the algorithm. Moving. Now, like if you get to C seven each time, right? Yeah, the odds of you hitting like your two lands and being like, well, I'm gonna throw this three drop back on my six, right. are probably are go up substantially. Yeah, so. That could kind of warp things a little bit, but it will make it so you have less games of arena that like do nothing, do nothing, right? Where you like you logged in, you went mulligan, mulligan, mulligan. Well, I'm just gonna concede now because I'm so far behind. Yeah, it's not worth me putting the ten minutes into this game. Yeah, and now I'm sad that I like logged in and like wasted my smoke break <laughs> at work on, you know on this yeah. when it eventually ends up on mobile yeah like if they're smart right so i'm sure it'll end up on mobile hopefully yeah hopefully these are not always the smartest people well i mean supposedly the f- platform that they chose they chose because it can do that yeah. yes but we, we will see yeah so 
So I think these are the upsides. Yeah. And for most people, I think that's where they're going to see it most. Like, it's going to be, like, impactful and limited. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, think about the number of times you've, like, had to mulligan and limited, and you're just like, well, if I mulligan to five, I've effectively conceded this game. Yeah. So I'm going to keep this sketchy hand. Well, also in limited, like, your mana bases are tighter. Yeah. I mean, you have more, you have more lands. Yeah. Than like a regular deck, right? Like but you're usually average. pushing it further too. Yeah, like you're you're playing like you know nine eight mana bases yeah. where like in constructed people are like, ooh, if you don't have fourteen sources of your color, like you can't possibly play it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I'm playing nine sources of my main <laughs> color, and I really hope I don't like draw like swamp 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 in my black my black white deck and right. never cast a spell. Right. So this is gonna help make limited games better. Yeah. It'll probably help make arena games better, mm-hmm. uh, which is all well and good. Yep. Now, we did our whole modern uh, yeah. thing um, last week to kind of introduce you to the format. And if you remember, a lot of the modern decks need like a specific set of pieces. Yeah. And this may help decks in older formats find their pieces more consistently yeah so i mean basically what we're talking about here is dredge right that's the boogeyman that everybody's worried about well maybe dredge is dredge is great don't talk about <laughs> my baby uh but so dredge great dredge needs this was uh there's an article on star city by um uh our our other lord and savior p selly yeah at Basic Mountain on Twitter. Get at him. Uh, and he uses Dredge as the example. Yeah. Because Dredge doesn't care about card advantage. No, it doesn't care about the cards in its hand. It cares about the cards in its graveyard. Dredge always wants the same, like, three cards in his hand. Yeah. Something that says Dredge on it. Yeah. A Faithless Looting. Yeah. And something that makes red mana. Right. We just need those three cards, and we are happy. Yep. I have, in Legacy, mold to three and smushed people because yeah. I had those three cards. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I win now? Yeah. Cool. Um, so you're going to have more decks that are able to more consistently get their pieces. Mm-hmm. Right? Because seeing an extra card, right? Like, especially, like, on the play, right? If you scry Faithless Looting to the top, you don't get the Faithless... Like, you go to six and your Faithless Looting's on top. Okay. But it's not there when you need it. It's not there on turn one yeah. when you can definitely get get going. Yeah. So this... and like the deck also has a bunch of redundancy that it doesn't necessarily need. Like yeah. if you draw your third seven and you see uh, imp imp faithless looting land land prized amalgam, like you get to put the prized amalgam back in your library where you want it. Yeah. Same thing with Narcomy, but you get to put it back in your library where oh. you want it. Oh, there is nothing worse than drawing a Narcomyba. Yeah. Or a Narcomyba in your opening hand. Ick. Yeah. I mean, the prized amalgam you might keep in your hand to put in the graveyard with your faceless looting. Sure. Just saying. But that Narcomyba, just slide that slide that puppy right back underneath. Yeah. It's like, you're my last card. It's fine. I yeah. don't care. I don't need all of you guys. Right. Um, I heard a talk about Tron. Like, think about Tron mulliganing to four, but seeing seven. Yeah. How often do they get to keep natural Tron with Karn? Like, their four cards are Tron, or Power Plant, Mine, Tower, Tower Karn. Karn. 
Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, that's there's way there's way more of that. Yeah. Now, the the counterpoint that people have brought up is like, well, if they get to if Dredge gets to always keep land faithless looting dredger right well then i always get to find leyline of the void that's fine but like you're still not winning game one yeah never like good good talk everyone yeah uh you're not gonna win game one in game two you're like well i get my hate but you're not like unless your dredge opponent like did not bring a sideboard right they they came prepared for your hate they came prepared and so you're digging for your ley line, and they might be mulliganing to their hate. Yeah. And like you going to five and keeping a ley line, and them going to five and keeping, uh, uh, gosh, not root brown crag, copper line gorge, faithless looting, dredger, nature's claim. Yeah. And random card is. Well, you're gonna lose that game too, because yeah. they're gonna go blow up your ley line in the void. After you just mold the four to find your ley line. Yeah, and there are tons of people that will keep non-functional hands against yeah. graveyard-based decks that have graveyard hate. Yeah. That are just like, well, here's my ley line, and it's like, hmm, you kept a one lander with like three three drops, and I blew up your ley line, and now you do nothing for the next yeah. like five turns, like. I can just cobble together any number of ham sandwiches right. and, and you beat you. hard cast a Golgari thug. We've done it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that is a little scary that the, like, you know, combo decks may have just more access to their pieces. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with the whole, like, mulliganing to your hate cards also. Because, like I said... You're not gonna win game one. Yes. Like if you're if you're trying to play a fair game, which I guess doesn't super exist in modern right now, but if you're trying to play a fairer game, like you're just you're just forfeiting game one. Yeah. Sweet. Now now it's vintage. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dredge has a ninety percent win rate in game one in vintage, and then can't win a game two because everyone has like seven pieces of hate for it. Yeah, and like everybody else is just put on the back foot automatically. You yeah. got to win back to back sideboard games. Yeah, and we're using Dredge as the example, but I think... It's not are, just Dredge. Yeah, there are other decks yeah. that are, you know, other kind of combo decks. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, we talked about, like, Grishol brand. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a great great example. Right? That needs Faithless Looting, Gorio's Vengeance, Big Dumb Creature, preferably yep. Grizzle brand. Yeah. And, a, and two lands. Right. Okay. Like, if you give me land, Faithless Looting, Grizzle brand, and... Uh, Agoria's Vengeance. I'll spin. I'll spin the wheel to see sure. if I hit my second land. Absolutely. In like you know, two in two draws off my faithless looting and my draw for turn. Like I get to see three cards to yep. hit my my second land. Cool. And then I just win. Right. Oh, neat. <laughs> I I like those odds. Yeah. Uh, or like Phoenix yeah. that wants faithless looting and some number of phoenixes. Mm-hmm. Well, all the flavors of Phoenix really. Yeah, any 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 mono red or yeah. is it Phoenix? Like they care a little bit more about kind of traditional card like economy and card. Right, advantage. but I mean you still get those broken draws. Yeah, and you just like raise the number of times you get to go like you know, oh I have like mountain bird faithless looting like gut shot like I need to draw 
something else. Yeah. I need to draw something else and I win. Yeah. Or I, I get to hit you for six on turn one. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Right. So that is a, uh, um, so that is kind of the, the fear right now. Now, granted, this was the same fear with the Vancouver Mulligan, right? That people were like, oh man, it's going to make combo decks way better. Maybe I don't really remember that for the Vancouver Mall. That was thought, def- that was definitely was conversation it? beforehand. It's like, oh man, like Reanimator's gonna get so much better in Legacy, mm. and I mean it, you know. And I think people people are scared of change. Yeah, Magic players historically don't like things to change. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of change lately. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of change. So they, uh, so that's something to look out for. Now, this is not going to happen until. Mythic Championship London. Yeah, which, which is, is pre-release for War of the Spark. Yeah, so that's April. Yeah, I think so. So, and then if it goes well there, like, I guess if the modern format is not just, like... Degenerate. Terrible degenerate stuff for yeah. uh, for the entire weekend, that they will uh, um, put it in the rest of the, uh, the formats. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it does go well or if it doesn't go well like if they'll do a partial rollout also i wonder if that's on the table yeah like i think it's hard though kind of like we talked about with like banning nexus and fate of fate in like one part of magic and not another right i think it's gonna be like if you're a standard player and all your all your mulligans are uh like seven and then draw seven draw seven and then you go yeah. play modern like the first time you mulligan and you like draw seven yeah Looking for your second cards. one right like that's gonna be a problem yeah so so i'll put this patrick sullivan article in the in the show as well uh so kind of our last thing uh was Again, the sacrificing of our time to uh, to the arena grind. Well, you sacrificed a lot more time than I did. <laughs> so, um, I I hit Mythic on Sunday. Uh, so, I made a terrible set of choices. And I looked at my win rate for the previous 60 games. And then my win rate from before that. So, probably like 100 180 games and i was like okay i win about 55 percent of my games i am diamond three which means i need 18 wins so you take 55 minus 45 that's 10 percent yeah that means every 10 games i play i will be plus one <laughs> roughly which Whew. means to get from to get those 18 wins Mathematically, yeah, was about a hundred and eighty wins. So I was hundred eighty like, games. Hundred eighty games. Not yeah. hundred hundred eighty games. When you hundred eighty yeah. wins, I'd still be at it. Hundred eighty <laughs> games, and I was like, okay, okay. So I made this. I made this calculation on Friday. Yep. And so I was like, all right, buckle in. Season ends on Wednesday. So that was five days. Yeah. So that's forty games a day <laughs> for five days. So I came home from work and got 39 games in <laughs> and was up three games from where I started, slightly behind schedule, yeah. but fine. And then 
thanks to our awesome arena data, I made some changes to my deck. Yep. So on on the Twitter sphere, uh, people were talking were playing more like Steamkins and Experimental Frenzies. And why is that? So, well, because Steamkin plus Experimental Frenzy is busted, mm-hmm. right? And I had cut the Steamkins because when Mono Red was thirty five percent of the meta game, like you played your Steamkin and it got chain whirlered and you got hard two for one and you lost. Yeah. Like every time. Like the mono red matchup is all about like chain whirling a Viashino Pyromancer mm-hmm. because you're just trading your removal spells for their creatures or your burn spells for their creatures and then whoever has like a creature left and like chain whirler being able to like pick off like a one toughness creature was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I was playing electrostatic field and uh risk factor mm-hmm. uh, let I'll, you get up on cards and yeah damage and, other ways and yeah and electrostatic field just blocked everything in mono red yeah and they had to like hard two for one themselves to kill it mm-hmm. so it was great but mono red over the course of last week since nexus got banned mm-hmm. in best of one went from like 30 to 35 percent of the meta game to 20 mm-hmm and then the other deck that kind of came up in its place, or the other aggro deck, was Mono White. Right. So I went, I had been playing three Chain Whirlers, I went up to four to fight Mono White, and when you play a Steam Can against Mono White, it never dies. No, you just win. And It's easy mode. Yeah, and then it gets bigger than all their stuff. Yeah. And it's like, block? And they're like, oh no, I can't, I can't beat a 4-4. Four four. <laughs> and so... Like you just so it was like mono red's down, mono white's up. Mono white was like twenty percent of the meta game, and the other kind of deck that kind of came up, I guess mono white was fifteen percent. Looking at the numbers, Esper Control mm-hmm. is a garbage awful matchup. Yeah, but it was it was seventeen percent, um, and so with red down and the the frenzy build. If you play those long, drawn-out, one-for-one-year opponent games, then when you stick a Frenzy... That just puts you so far You're ahead. just so far ahead. So I think I went... I had it written down somewhere. I was nine... I was... Oh my gosh. I was, I think, 12 and 5 in the mirror. Wow, that's impressive. Like, I was just chewing people up, because, like, I just never cast a Chain Whirler unless it got me a yep. creature. I was like, I'm going to two for one. You're going to take your guy and you're going to wizard lightning this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it again. And I'm just going to eventually, like, I played draw go in the mirror. Like, go ahead. <laughs> go. Just drew cards for a while. Like, I was playing against someone that was in the mirror. And he was just drawing and passing. I was like, I like this. And then, like, play a thing. It would get killed. And I was like, oh, wait, frenzy win the game. Yeah. And so that just became what it was all about. I went I went seven and zero at one point in the mirror. Wow! On like Saturday night when I switched to that deck, I just didn't lose the mirror. I was like, "Can I just play the mirror for the rest <laughs> of the day, please?" Like this is easy. Um, so yeah, so knowing kind of what the meta game is yeah. kind of really helps. And like then you're when you're seeing deck lists, mm-hmm. and then you can go back and look at like, hey, here's. Here's why this is happening. Mono Red's going down, yeah. so you don't have this like you know this deck this matchup that like you can't play this card in. Mm-hmm. And Mono White's going up and like getting a three three, going able to play like Steamkin spell spell, blocks almost all their stuff. Yeah, and then 
the third spell is just like, oh, I block all your things, <laughs> uh, is really, really good. So, like, again, if you can, like, you know, I tweeted out the, the sweet, sweet pie chart. Yeah. Uh, of, of the metagame breakdown from last week. Hopefully we'll have those going forward on our Twitter, so follow yeah, us. I have, yeah, I have it set up now that it automatically will make all those graphs for me. Yep. I will... Again, I will work on making my mono red uh, deck uh, red in color. <laughs> so I got yelled at because I used the default colors that, that Google Sheets gave me. <laughs> uh, but if you can... Uh, and then in that tweet that I sent out, there's the best of one data sheet and the best of three data sheet. If you mm-hmm. can start filling those out, I'll incorporate them into the games that we're playing. Yep. And then you'll be able to kind of see how things change. I'm assuming that like we're going to be in a mono blue world for a while. I'm sure we are. Uh, where everyone's just going to play mono blue. So time to play mono white. Time to play mono white or crawl hard pruner. Or lean on the fact that mono blue is hard to play. And there are some people that are trash with that deck. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are trash just, with that deck. It's like, oh. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> the, number, the number of times my opponent was like one drop. And I was like. Uh, fanatical firebrand kill it and then they just didn't play land and pass the turn back and i was like oh you you had nothing (laughs) like if that guy died you were just done okay cool awesome it's like sweet we did it yep got there yeah like you just killed our first two creatures and it's like you probably should have waited to play like land protection spell like you didn't need to just jam your two drop yeah like okay thank you for this w so what what I do when I play arena is I have a piece of paper next to me mm-hmm. where I just jot down what deck I'm playing and where I am in the ranking, mm-hmm. and then you know once I see you know the first two three plays for my opponent I'll I know what deck they're on, write down the deck name and then when I'm done I'll just put a W or an L next to it, mm-hmm. and then after I'm all done you know playing for however long I'm playing for then I'll go and throw it all in. Yeah, in the spreadsheet, and it really doesn't take any time. No, I, um, I'm a junkie, so I I, I run the three screen experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I have I have some sort of magic content or like show going on the TV. Then I'm playing Arena on the computer, and then I have my iPad out with I uh, have the the Google Sheets uh, app. Yeah. And I just have it open, and by the you know other than Basic Mountain. Uh, I yeah. just like wait a couple turns. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I'm playing against, and I just I'm constantly just putting it into the sheet right away. Yeah, and that's how I do it. So it doesn't take like any additional time really. Like while your opponent's thinking, you just can like go over and be like, okay, add an extra game to played. I'll wait to see how I did to like throw in the add a game to yeah. win or loss. If they go hollowed fountain, you basically just go to the lost section and you're just like yep yep we're not gonna put a win in this is this is probably done yeah uh they always have absorb uh they always have it they always have it which is why you have to play on your turn with enough mana that you can like skewer them and then with absorb on the stack lightning strike them <laughs> my wife was like why did you just scream fuck because they had a negate they had a negate they had i had the absorb i had the lightning strike they were covered negate me and i was like fuck so she was like oh, i'm scared i'm like it's fine you just have negate it's okay like it's, it's all right yeah so that was uh so they always have it though or like the 
the moment of craving your guy. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like an 18 for one. Like, <laughs> I never recover from that. You gain two life and kill my guy? Oh no. I don't have a guy and you have two more life. <laughs> I can never win now. You're at 22. <laughs> yeah, I did make a decision when I was on my, I'm going to play 180 games. I should also say, I ended up playing 93 because yeah. I ran hot as the sun. Yeah, you did. When I when I switched to the frenzy build, I went uh, thirty two and fourteen. Yeah, that's awesome. Finished uh, diamond two. I was a diamond two with two wins to go. I went nine one and went uh, went two two one in diamond. Uh, yeah, two one no three one, and then six zero oh in diamond one. Man. I was like on the last one. I was like, is this is this a real thing? <laughs> and he played, and they played like a basic mod. I was like, oh, I can totally win this matchup. I was like, oh, I'm like sixty percent to win this this mono red matchup. This is great. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I ran hot as a sun. I had played ninety three, so I didn't have to get a divorce because I think if I would have played forty games a day for five days, I think the wife would have been looking for uh, new, I mean, new companionship. Ninety three ninety three games is still a lot of games. Still a lot of games in yeah. effectively two days. Like yeah. I only played ten on Sunday. I was like. I don't know what to do with myself now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, it was it was uh, it was good. Yeah, congratulations! So, thank you, thank you. We we did it. Now I, now I get to start off in platinum next time. Yeah, I am in. Uh, I just made it to platinum three. I was in gold purgatory for this entire ranking season. Yeah, I also got super lucky. Like when you lose a game, if you're if you go from like whatever four to whatever three so diamond four to diamond three you can lose three or four games before you fall back down Mm -hmm. so i had a stretch where i went one and six but it was lose three in that buffer then win one yeah then i lost three more before i fell down yeah and like it could have been a disaster if i would have been like gold at the top of gold three and just tumbled all the way back down to the bottom would have had it would have had some sort of emotional meltdown yeah well that's where i've been living yeah it's see but again you're trying to play a real deck like don't, don't do that yeah maybe i'll go home and yeah. boot up mono red i was gonna yeah. say sleeve up but there's no sleeves yeah, in the arena so oh with my story of my i got sidetracked when i was when i was decided to play all those games yeah if like it got to like turn six and they were at like 15 life with a teferi i just scooped him up i was like like my my win rate is my win rate here is like six percent like it's not worth it i can just go play someone else and like oh cool so like one of the things i think to like grind the ladder is you have to like earlier than you would like in a in a paper tournament just go like you know what like we're all done here we're all done here just gonna move on. They'll be happy because like they won. Yeah. You'll be happy because you won't be playing that anymore. See, they won't be happy though because t- people that play Teferi, they want to use Teferi. They do. They don't want you to concede. They do. They got to use him twice, and yeah, then I was well. done. Have you met a Teferi player? I have. <laughs> though, though I will stay in games that like they're at six, and I have like yeah. two cards. I'll play that game to try to like line up the like. Oh yeah, activate your Azkanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll have mana for one absorb. Oh, got him. Yeah. Right. Like I will, I will, I, I, I wait for those. I'm like, oh, you thought you had this. Oh, you don't have mana for the negate, do you? Ah, yeah. we got there. <laughs> but yeah, you have to pick your spots. But if you're like, oh man, like I gotta like string together like 15 spells to win this game, like just go home, just yeah. go to the next one. Like it's not worth the heartache. Um. So yeah. 
So look for those updates every week. And again, get us more stuff. Like if we can do one like service, like mm-hmm. if you guys start playing arena, you know, you can get on there. It's You can jam games. You can draft. Mm-hmm. Right. Gosh. Hashtag sponsor. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, but like, it's a good way to just get games in. Yeah. And you know, even if you're, you know, even if you're playing some trash mono red deck, like you don't have to like, you're still having to like think about sequencing your spells right. and like, yep. you know, if you're decent with mono red in standard, like that's gonna translate to burn yep. in legacy. Like you still not legacy in modern, right? Yep. Or legacy, but you like yep. you still have to like sequence your spells and like I've got to play around this thing. Yeah, we've got to know what meta you're playing in. Yeah, you got to know what like what you have to play against and stuff. So that that's gonna help. Yep. So anyway, that was. Not as long as last week. We're getting better. Yeah. No, this was pretty close. Uh, So, with that, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. Yep. We'll catch you up enough.